1: Three kids, lifting homes, and investing out of state. This powerhouse woman is doing it all. Today, we sit down with Pili Yarusi. Using their family's background in construction, Pili and her husband, Jason, began to lift and flip, taking a one story home and adding square footage. Now they have various businesses and a rental portfolio, including a 94 unit apartment building. On today's episode, we chat about how to run multiple businesses simultaneously, what can happen if you don't have systems in place.
0: Keep your money in your pocket and propel your portfolio further at firstexchange.com. First American Exchange Company does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your financial, real estate, tax, or legal advisor about your circumstances. First American Exchange Company. Safe, smart, secure. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs
2: shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line it's possible complex specialty care that cares about your roi it's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions that's wonder made possible learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder
1: welcome back ladies this is liz and this is andressa welcome back to the real estate investor show we're always delighted to have you on our our podcast here. We're building a community of all women investors, helping each other get to where they want to go, right, Andressa? And Justin? that's what what we're up, up to.
3: Absolutely. Have that community to support each other, to make connections. And I love to see that happening on our Facebook community page. So if you've never heard of it, go to our Facebook investor community and join it.
1: Yeah, that's really it's really cool to see it growing and some really neat ladies joining joining our community. Um, Peely, thank you for being on our show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So yeah. happy to be here. Yeah, we're, we're super excited to to have uh, Peely on our show and share her really uh, just fascinating background and how she got into real estate in a moment here. Um, but as we as we like to do, just kind of share a little bit. Andresa and I like to share a little bit about what's up and what's happening. So, Andresa, yeah. what what are we doing here on this? hundred and like 10 degree weather today here in the East coast.
3: (laughs) So I want to share with you guys how Dropbox saved my life. (laughs) No kidding. No kidding. I've, I'm a huge fan obsessed with Dropbox, but literally last week my two-year-old computer crashed. And I was like, this is insanity, still under warranty and everything else. But there was a malfunction on the hardware, who knows, right? It crashed and everything was lost. But thank goodness I had everything on, on Dropbox. Everything sank and I was able to, do not have a instant heart attack.
1: So and when I tell you Anjessa loves Dropbox, I'll be like, Anjessa, I need this. Go on Dropbox. I need that. Go on Dropbox. You're so cute. You're like, go on Dropbox.
3: <laughs> Love it. Because if I'm in the middle of a project or anything else, I don't need to have everything in my head. You know, after giving birth, you kind of like lose part of the memory. Pregnancy the brain. brain. <laughs> yeah, it never comes back. So I rely a lot on, on Dropbox. So if you guys are hearing me, thank you very much. For putting this together,
1: yes, yes, and back up your back up your stuff and use something that's uh, will give you that peace of mind. So, awesome. Well, Peely, thanks again for being on our show. Uh, you know, we're love talking to ladies across the country, and always like talking to ladies that are cl- close to to where we are in terms of uh, New Jersey and Pennsylvania. So, we've got a we got a New Jersey investor here, um, but but Peely, share with the ladies a little bit about your background, but most importantly, what. Propelled you to jump into real estate investing?
2: What propelled me to jump into real estate investing? So, I am originally from Hawaii. I moved to New York back in 2001-ish. To I was going to do Shakespeare for the rest of my life. I ended up managing restaurants instead. Um, met my husband um, at in um, in the last restaurant I worked with. Worked at. Um, we got together, got pregnant, got married, did all all that, all the nine yards. Uh, When we were pregnant with our first baby, I realized I didn't want to go back to bartending. Not at all. Never, ever, never again. So, um, I sat down with Jason, my husband and, um, his family and they are, they have a 40 year background in heavy construction and house lifting. So they said they wanted to get into real estate. And I was like, that's great. I've always had thoughts about real estate being from Hawaii. And, you know, Hawaii real estate is very, very lucrative. Um, So I got my license and started scouring the MLS, got a few deals. And we started doing something called uh, raise or lift and flip. Um, So that's basically the beginning of our of our real estate or my real estate journey.
1: So li- lift and flip. Yeah. And I love the terms, lift and flip. And I, and I can obviously figure out where that comes from. But I, and, and, you know, house lifting, that whole concept. So tell us a little about your process. Tell us a little about what that looks like, you know, and, and that's just, it's a really cool concept. Did you come up with that concept or is that an actually a term and I just never heard of it?
2: I think we came up with the term. Not okay. too many people have. Okay. House lifting companies, at least I don't think so. (laughs) There's like a handful that's out there. Um, So we are able to go in and purchase these properties that need help, that are in flood zones, that need to be lifted. And we can buy them at a higher price point than other investors because we can do the work ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we purchase these properties, these You know, the last huge flood that came through New Jersey was Hurricane Sandy. Um, So after Sandy happened, there was all these homes that needed to be um, repaired, basically. So our house lifting company does that. But we decided to purchase a few and see if it worked. So what we do is we take the house. So say you have a Cape Cod, a one-story ranch. You take the house, you lift it, and then you lift it again. And then with us, we put either just a garage and add value that way, or we put a garage and another story, basically taking and putting like double, sometimes triple the square footage of the original home.
3: Right. I'm so fascinated because when I, I was reading your bio and everything else, I interpret lift as like a metaphor. Right, (laughs) let's we all lift the houses, lift the spirit, and everything else, folks. That's not what we're talking about here.
1: I'm (laughs) just I was actually thinking the same thing when I was going over. Absolutely, (laughs) I'm like, oh, that must mean she puts additions on. I'm seriously, that's what I thought. (laughs) We Um, we honestly lift the house, that's awesome. Amazing thing.
3: Now I'm more than obsessed. (laughs) I uh, I gotta see this happening because I saw. I saw that happening once, mm-hmm. and it was because not intentional. They didn't lift the house intentionally. It was because the foundation on one side of the property was just sinking it, and it was like a engineering conspiracy yep. to get that to do not crumble. So I can't imagine what goes the planning and and the team effort that goes for you to lift a property. So my question to you is, can any property be lifted, or, or there are certain properties that really can't, you can't
2: honestly, you can probably lift any property. I mean, I wouldn't try it on the empire state building or anything, (laughs) but like we just, this wasn't, this is one of our construction properties. We just did a six units um, townhome. And this thing was huge. It's online. It's actually under our um, our construction company, which is WA Building Movers. If you guys want to go check that out, okay. but it was this massive, massive project. So you can really lift anything. So when we started doing this, I mean, imagine like for all your listeners out there, this is your first project. Hmm. Our first project was we took a house and we lifted and we added square footage to it. So oh gosh. it is an amazing, like we've got it down to a science now, but when we first started this project, it took us a year to complete from start to finish just because we didn't have the systems in place to handle everything because we knew, we know construction, we know business, but putting the business and construction together and having everything flow correctly. Yes wasn't there in our first project unfortunately well
3: sometimes people talk about like doing their first project like okay i'm just gonna change the kitchen and the
2: bathroom
3: okay you guys left that property
2: yeah we didn't we didn't just put like we didn't put lipstick on it we uh we completely changed this property it was it was a crazy project to to first do and we did three of them at first and then our business almost imploded on itself because we just weren't like I said, we didn't have the systems in place that we needed to have. So we actually backtracked, started wholesaling, and started doing smaller projects where we would just go in and do a basic renovation. And that actually got us back into track, on track, started hiring people, started having systems to hold our business up. Um, And now we've actually gone back to the lifting and flipping because now we have the systems in place that we can do these bigger projects and not spend an entire year on them. They do take a little longer. They're Mm going to take at least six months because of the permits and whatnot, but we can actually do that and make a really good profit now.
1: So that's an interesting process. Uh, So, so you, you tr- you did it you did it on your first deal mm-hmm. and it didn't go well like you're saying and then you retreated back and then regrouped It went well
2: and we haven't lost money but we did have to retreat cuz our our like between our really busy construction business our growing flipping business growing our family it was just
1: it was too much It's too much So what when you did it over again you did okay. it what did you do differently than the first time
2: Well we hired people to do the simple things to do we do the heavy lifting we lift the home we shouldn't be doing the windows we shouldn't be painting the house we shouldn't be doing all these things that sub that we can hire subcontractors for because our construction company is too busy to handle the things that regular contractors can do so we have that we have a project manager that manages our projects we have you know back office staff i have like this huge whiteboard now that has all of our projects on it i'm looking at it right now we have milestone templates that this is how everything's done and we do it the same way every single time and if for some reason it doesn't work on one project we reassess and we see if we have to if we have to change the system Um, but we really have systems for everything it's it's an amazing thing
1: now, are you a systems person, or have you come to appreciate systems? I And, and where's your husband on that? I'm a
2: systems person. Okay. So you, <laughs> I love systems. Okay. I am a firm believer. And you find somebody that has a system you want, and you copy it and you make it your own. And that's I what I did. I, I'm, I'm a part of a few masterminds, and some of the some of the men and women that are in this this mastermind are like multi millionaires doing flipping, doing all sorts of real estate. And they opened up their businesses to me and I copied what I could.
3: Yeah. I think that that's so important. What you, what you're saying. I love systems. I'm like addict. Mm-hmm. I'm addict about it, but you, I I agree with you, you don't have to reinvent the wheel no. at all.
2: No, that's what we tried to do at the beginning. We tried to reinvent the wheel. We tried to do it quote our way doesn't work do it. Do whatever works, do what works, copy it, make it your own, put your logo on it and keep on moving on. What would you say it's the, because we always talked about the
3: importance of having standard operating procedures. Mm-hmm. What is the cost of not having it at all? Just going with the flow?
2: Oh, it could cost you your business and it almost cost ours, our business. That's why we had to take a step back. That's why we started to wholesale. We started to do things that we could build the systems upon. um, Taking on projects that didn't depend on our construction background. So we were forced to look at the systems, look at what we needed to do to make our business work, basically. So it really could cost your business if you don't put, in place systems if you don't do if you don't purchase the properties the same way every time if you don't rehab the properties the same way every time we have skew sheets for everything we don't i mean it's not i love hgtv it's really really pretty but you can't you can't put farmhouse sinks in every single house that's just that's just too expensive oh <laughs> <laughs> they're <is> so pretty <laughs> Um, but yeah, you just, you just do it the same way every single time. I want, I want my flipping business, honestly, to be boring. I want it to be boring and I want it to be just, I want it to run on its own. There's so yeah. much, there's so much like excitement in my life as it is with my kids and our various businesses that I don't need my flipping business to be exciting.
3: Right. Cause I think that if you are, if you are, um, A designer. If Mm -hmm. you are that creative person that really needs that to get your juices going Mm -hmm. and get a high out of it, then that that's it, right? But if you're looking to do a a flip Mm -hmm. for a specific purpose of profit, just Go for it. That doesn't yeah. limit you to to be creative, but you don't need to
2: change your paint colors or yes. select a paint color for every single room of the make house. Make it neutral. Make it neutral. Unless you're working with an end buyer, then by all means, be creative and be. And the end buyer has the you know final say. But if you're not working with an end buyer, make everything neutral.
1: So your construction team, uh, Peely, they. So the let me step back because when I think of like, I mean, I, I appreciate systems, right? And I, I, I really appreciate them. What I say, uh, my strength, if someone said, taught, name Liz's top five qualities of what makes her unique in this world. <laughs> I don't think building systems would be probably in that five, you know, but I appreciate them. And I, and I, and I, respect them. So I'm we're in the, we're in the throes of me and my husband going through this process of really like creating SOPs for our business because it is there's parts of our business that are streamlined bingo bango and there's other parts that are like more of like okay we do one or two of these a year that are just kind of like it's dependent on the contractor. So my question to you is how do you move beyond dependency on people? Obviously it's a process, right? So process and people are different. However, we'll have contractors that may not want to use some of our processes, right? Because we don't have, we had, we had a construction team a while back. We, and we shifted things up where we just have like subcontractors now. So for the ladies listening that are, you know, they've done some flips, they've done some rentals, they, they have a portfolio, but they're looking to streamline things, but they find that, you know, they, they hire the next contractor and that, you know, Joe Schmo or Susie Lou, whatever her name, whatever their name is, I don't know. They don't want to play in that process sandbox you know what I'm saying but they're very good at what they do and you really need somebody so you hire them and then you go off your process do you know what I mean
2: do you understand what I'm saying I get I understand what you're saying so you could take it either two ways you can tell them either you use my processes or I have to use somebody else I'm sorry pound sand (laughs) you can you can do it that way yes or you can just work around it I mean if they really don't want you to use your systems you tailor your system for to work with them so say you have say you use asana or you use some you use google right um, g suite and you want you know the communication to happen a certain way but they only want to text you right you know it might happen that way and you can't get them to not text you so what you do is you maybe send the text to your g suite so you can keep an eye on like your communications or you try and ease them into it by like mentioning that they should keep on like they should check google or go on asana please check off what you've done so yeah you either go one or the other way you either like take the straight and narrow just be like you either do it this way or i don't hire you or you just have to make the concessions it's the only thing i can think of
3: yeah one one thing that i always make sure they understand is that I'm trying to make things easier for everybody. Yes. Right. I, I don't want to overwhelm them. I don't want to micromanage them and and vice versa. So the goal here is how can we make this easier for everybody? Yes. So we are all on the same page and sometimes there's technology challenges, language barriers and all of that. So for the ladies that are listening, try to identify what, what is holding this person back. If he or she does not want to use your, your systems, try to understand, okay, can you just, you know, tell me, sometimes he the guy or the girl just don't know how to do it mm-hmm. on an app. And that's what I found in my past experience. They're like, okay, can you just download it for me on my phone? I was like, yeah, two seconds, let's exactly. do it. Let's oh, do No, it. that's
2: a that's great advice. Like take the extra step to teach. Um, if you want them to do it your way, you have to teach them your way. If they want if you wanna keep on using them, you don't wanna to have to like work around their nuances. You want them to do it the way you do it. And obviously the way you do it is better. <laughs> <laughs> no. Maybe. <Yeah>. Yes.
3: <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, the pins. So for the your properties, where are the locations where you guys are lifting them up
2: so the ones that we lift are mostly in the jersey shore area Um, we are in we have a few projects going on in union beach Um, we've done we've lifted homes in manisquan Uh, the construction company does all over new jersey but predominantly the lift and flip is in um, the jersey shore area
3: And does the construction company also do regular rehabs or just the
2: lifting part? Just the lifting part. The construction company is just lifting.
1: Wow. So so some of the properties you find then, Peely, are, you know, you're doing the lifting, you're doing the construction, but then some of them you you hold as like your own investment and you flip them yourselves or do you, you so how does that play out in terms of what, you know, where are you focused on these days in terms of, Energy so we
2: have in. we have a few buy and holds here in New Jersey. Um, they're located in Manasquan. They're beach Airbnb's. Um, they started out as flips, and we decided the numbers worked, and we so we kept them.
0: Okay.
2: Um, we actually just sold off one of them. In fact, uh, we also have most of the flipping that we do, and we're concentrating a lot in the Jersey Shore area, but we also do the Union County area, and that's like northern New Jersey for any of your ladies who are not um, familiar with New Jersey. so we do most of our flips there. Um, These are like B plus, A minus neighborhoods, and we try and get them at a steep discount. Um, We don't, in these areas, we don't add anything to them. We might add a bathroom if anything, just to add a little bit of value. Mm -hmm. Um, but then we, uh, put it back on
1: market. Um, so you're not lifting those. I'm not lifting those. No. Gotcha. So you have a Um, portfolio where you're just literally just flipping. Yeah. As like mostly we're
2: mostly flipping the properties that we do in New Jersey. We also wholesale in, uh, in the Jersey city area and Hudson County areas. Now we also have, we just closed a year ago on our first, um, large multifamily in Louisville, Kentucky. That's a 94 unit we got under contract and we closed on it about a year ago and we were all we were just um just about a month ago we refinanced and gave back 75% of uh the investors funds back to their back to the investors. Beautiful, yeah. why
3: Kentucky? How did you um find that? What, was what was that? I'm sorry. I was just curious to understand why Kentucky, because sometimes when we are looking to invest out of state, we have so many options and, and, and sometimes it's just uh, difficult to understand what market fits our needs. So I'm curious
2: to understand why Kentucky. There's so many reasons, but honestly, it's cheaper there we go. <laughs> <laughs> getting, getting into that market. It's, I mean, the price per square foot, it's so much cheaper. We look in, we look in a Louisville, we look in, we look in these like secondary markets where these are more like C assets. Okay. Um, very like blue collar homes, very, you know, It's again boring. We're looking for boring. We're looking for areas that don't have like highs and lows. They're just like very, very like straight and narrow.
1: Yeah. It's funny you're saying that, Peely, because I feel like we a few years ago also got to the point where we're like, New Jersey's getting just overpriced, just, yeah. you know, and even Philadelphia at that point, it was like three or four years ago. We're like, this, these numbers don't work. So then you're kind of forced to look elsewhere. Right. And then exactly. you start to say, there's so many markets and um, yeah, you know, how do you, and how do you then manage that and figure that out? So it sounds like, yeah, those steady well, we, markets.
2: Well, the question I get a lot is like, how did we get into out-of-state properties. Well, what mm-hmm. happened is I actually talked to uh, another investor and he said that he had a couple of properties in Indiana um, and where they were was like an hour and a half away from my sister-in-law's place in Kentucky. So my husband went, and go, went to check them out. These were like seriously D properties, but the ROI on these properties were like 22%. So we couldn't, you know, ignore that. So we purchased two duplexes in Indiana, Indianapolis. And the return on investment was 22%. And then we ended up selling them back to the original investor for a really, really nice profit. Um, And the reason why we actually ended up getting out of that was because we didn't want our focus to be so split. We already had the flipping business. We already had the wholesaling business. And to have small multifamilies in, in Indiana, it was either we we're gonna go big there or just, or do something else, and we decided to go into large multifamily. But this actually expanded our mind and our mindset, giving us the knowledge that, okay, so we have two, mul- two duplexes. If, if one goes down, we're still getting 50% of the rent. But what if we have 100 units? if you only have one vacancy in a hundred units, I mean, the economies of scale are just so much better. And then like, if you think about like having a hundred duplexes versus a 200 unit, you have everything under one roof. You have one roof to take care of, one boiler to take care of, one property manager, instead of like your property manager and your, and your team having to run to a hundred different houses, it's just one building. So, even though it's like for a lot of people, it's like a large thing to wrap their heads around to own that kind of property, it's actually easier.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you say that too, because it's we, we ran the numbers once on like du- our duplexes and our mm-hmm. mul- small multis versus some of the larger stuff that we've been getting into as well. And we make less, so to speak, on the larger stuff, but it also requires less time. Right. Right. So, you know, you're trading different things. And so it's just an interesting way of looking at it to your point. Um, so I'm, I'm hearing like, so you have the construction side of your business. You got the house lifting side of your business. Then you have like the syndication side, right? You're getting into <laughs> a large multifamily, yes you and your husband, um, and you have people right working with you. So yes. how do you, and I think that's such a normal like scenario. So it's and not like also wow. have the Airbnb, which I want oh, to talk right. about a but right. Well, we'll circle <laughs> sort of go back because Miss Andres and, is and three kids. Yeah, three kids. Well, we'll get to those things. But so I don't think that's an unnormal like, like scenario for a lot of investors, right? So they're doing things that are generating chunks of cash, big chunks of cash, right? And then they and they're and they're also creating their long-term wealth, right? Large multis, whatever that looks like. But you know, certainly apartment buildings or small multis, whatever. I'm curious, how do you how do you manage all of that with your husband, right? So it's you two, obviously. Walk me walk us through that a little bit. What does that look like? What is that again, not like, you know, what do you do every day, but what does that overall look like? Because that's a lot of a lot of pieces to your puzzle. So yeah. I'm just curious to understand that a little bit.
2: That is a great question. And I'm almost tempted to say, I really don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought you were going to say, and here is the secret to how we make it all work.
2: I was That's
3: just
1: like, I was like,
2: wow, I'm really busy.
1: How did that happen? <laughs> right. Right. You hear someone else say it. Right. And I've had yeah, people like, like, well, how do you do, 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 do. Like, I'm like, wow. I never thought of it. So, but you guys make it work and you're yeah. growing and you're, and you're, you're making it work successfully. So, Yeah. What, what are your, how do you divide and conquer? So
2: that kind of, that's it. We do divide and conquer. So number one communication with everything, with your partner, with your husband, with your family, with your team, with, with the people that work for you, contractors, everything, communication, communicate, communicate, communicate. I can't even, anytime there is anytime something fails and see this in all of your lives, whoever's listening out there. Anytime something fails, it's usually because of lack of or a miscommunication. So communicate. The other one is divide and conquer. So a few months ago, actually a year ago, Jason, I, my husband and I decided that he was going to handle the multifamily and I was going to handle the, um, the flipping company. And it was really working really well. And then I got pregnant again. <laughs>
1: Those darn children.
2: (laughs) Ladies out there, you know what happens to your brain when you get pregnant. Pregnancy brain hit me. Um, But it didn't, you know, I don't want to say it affected me that badly, but I told Jason that he needed to take on a a little bit more, and he is amazing. He took on more on the flipping. He does the multifamily. I mean, this guy is a powerhouse. So – since I became more focused on family, especially after the birth of our, of our third child, and he's six weeks old and in the next room. Um, since I became more focused on family, he needed to become more focused on the business. So my third is leveraging people, leverage people. We just hired another assistant she is actually handling all of our podcast stuff and we're going to slowly giving give her more responsibilities so find people that you can leverage and that's kind of how we do it and we take each day day by day sometimes we're gonna fail but really you just have to give yourself grace you have to give yourself just time to breathe and like know that if you're if you fail it's not the end of the world. Just breathe and hold your children close. Hold your husband close because that's – hold your family close because that's most important. As long as you have your family, everything else can go haywire because you can always bring it back. But, yeah, that's that That's kind of how, how we run everything.
3: And, and tied up to that and going back to the Airbnb um, place that you have down the shore, hmm who which one handles the manager band or if you have a, a third party company handling that
2: so actually our office staff handles most of the management of the airbnb and um my mother-in-law Joyce beautiful and and talk to me about
3: that i have airbnb here in in philadelphia mm-hmm. down the shore you guys have a year long booking or it's more during the summertime, how does that work?
2: So we have we have our duplex, and it's just it, we rent it by the week. Um, I think in one of the homes we have we have one person that's staying the entire summer season, or a family that's staying the entire summer season. But they can be rented by the week. But and then we find somebody for the winter, if possible, just so we have um, revenue coming from the properties. But sometimes because I mean, during the winter. Nobody really wants to stay down down the shore. Um, sometimes it can sit open, but but the summer season usually takes care of the property throughout the year. Throughout the year. Yeah.
1: Beautiful. So a little bit about your, and then you say you were talking, uh, Peely about your focus of flips and, you know, that being something that you were kind of like, you know, key mm-hmm. for you. So it's a busy market right now. And I feel like everyone who ever thought or even, you know, saw HDTV is now a flipper. And, uh-huh. you know, so I don't know about you, but the, and the <laughs> oh market's been crowded for a while. I, it's I don't crazy. Know what, yeah. So I'm curious though. I mean, we all know you make your money when you buy. And if you don't yes. buy right, you're going to, you can get really, um, yeah. even even though the market's great and properties are selling quickly, you still, if you spend too much, you're going to be up, you know what. So yes. how do you, you guys do wholesaling. So do you, was that a reason why you got into wholesaling as well, you know, in terms of like finding deals or like, what are your creative, like, what are you guys doing right now to, to stand beyond the crowd and, and find good property? Cause I, I think that's an in, investor challenge these days. So the
2: wholesaling was just, it kind of came out of the idea of why not? I mean, if you think about flipping and wholesaling with wholesaling, you don't have to handle contractors. You just get the contract and you flip the contract. Um, and you don't have to worry about anything else, and you make your profit. Um, if, when we when we look at the properties, if the numbers make more sense to flip them, then we hold them, then we flip them ourselves, rather. If they make sense to just get out of them really quick, and some there's somebody willing to pay X amount of dollars, then we'll wholesale them, easy. Um, how are we staying ahead of the curve? That's a great question. Really just keeping our marketing going um direct mail do you do, you, we do direct mail we okay. do ppc and and we're actually going to start cold calling um cold calling homeowners yeah cold calling homeowners we're going to get on mojo dialer i have mm-hmm. lists i have people we're going to start cold calling that's and cool we're also building out another way to i guess use the leads that we have cuz we get so many leads and our acquisitions people and myself and Jason included we would go into these homes. So I have my real estate license, but I never felt comfortable being a real estate agent while I was trying to purchase these people's homes, but I would always say, you know, I w- would go in there, I would offer them let's say 200. The ARV on the home is maybe 400 and maybe it needs I don't know $20,000 worth of work. I'm just kind of, don't do the numbers, ladies, that I just put out there. I'm just <laughs> kind of getting, giving you numbers me. off the top of my head. Um, but say, like, say the homeowner wants wants 400, um, and he, he's stuck on that number. At that point, I used to tell them, well, why don't you list the property? I have agents that will work with you. Um, If you want me to call them up and they can come talk with you. Great. So, you know, maybe the repertoire between me and the seller was really good. I would leave, I would give his information to the agent and the lead would go dead.
3: Hmm.
2: So what I'm trying to build out um, with my team of agents now is that now my agents are going to be my acquisitions people. So they are going to go and they're going to say, I have a buyer, me, uh, Uruci Holdings, who's interested in buying a property. This is their offer. No, Mr. Seller, you don't want that offer. Well, here's my listing presentation. So now you have an agent that's in there and they can get that property one of two ways. They can either get it for my flipping wholesale company to purchase, or they can get the listing. So, and as an agent, I can get a referral off of that.
1: That's clever. So you guys have your broker's license?
2: I don't have my broker's license. I'm actually, I have, I hang my license with eXp. Um, yep. Don't have my broker's license, but, but this is, this is another way of another revenue stream. It works. There's so, I mean, there's so many leads out there that are just kind of sitting in my CRM that I can't do anything with. And, you know, sometimes I'll get those retail buyers or retail sellers calling me and I'm just like, I, I can't purchase your multimillion dollar house. I'm sorry. that's not going to happen. You're raising
1: a really good point though. Like when you are given opportunity, you have to like really think outside the box. That's a really clever way to, we're getting this, we're getting these leads, we're getting this opportunity. How do we just not give it away and do something with that? I mean, it's so simple, but yet so powerful, right? So That's
2: how you stay ahead of the curve. You think outside of the box. Don't, again, don't reinvent anything, but think outside of the box. And this, and I have to give credit of this idea to Mr. Tom Caffarella. Um, you can look him up on the internet. He came up with this idea and we're actually working with him to, uh, to really push this. It, it, it makes really great a idea. lot of
3: sense for the person also for the agent. He has two opportunities to close on this deal. Exactly. So come on. Well he... and, and,
1: and you're gonna make money either way, which is beautiful.
2: Yeah. Exactly. So everybody yeah.
1: makes money. I can get agents
2: money. I can get I can get money, money for everybody. That's and, huge. I, and we're and helping the, the seller.
3: Yeah. And then for the seller is Mr. Seller, what do you feel more comfortable
2: with? Exactly. You yeah. give the seller really? more options, you have more opportunity to help the seller. The seller called you for a reason. And that's what I try to tell my team, anybody that I talk to, like go with the mentality of wanting to help someone. Yes, we're, f- we're all for-profit companies. We want to make money. We want to get generational wealth, yada, yada, yada. You want to go there and help your fellow human being. Like one person that called us recently, he had just fallen down the stairs of his, of his uh, two-story home in Jersey City. And I like almost cried when I'm mm-hmm. talking to this guy, like almost crying. And he's like, I know my house is worth a certain amount, but I need to get out immediately. What can you do? So we went and take a look at the house. We actually ended up, we purchased it for a really good price and we ended up wholesaling it to somebody. But then we also helped because I have my license. We also helped to find him another home, a you know, one story ranch that he didn't have to worry about stairs. So you really just go in there, figure out what people need help with, and that's how you get the property. This guy needed to move quick. He didn't care he you know, he wanted to get fair market value for his house, but the more it was more important for him to get out of the house and into another house. So really listen to your sellers when they call you. Really really listen because that's how you're going to that's how you're going to get it. Before the other agent, before the other investor, that's how you're going to get it if you really and truly listen.
1: Yeah, and really care about what they're saying, yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and wanting to help, which is it's so fascinating that that actually will differentiate you because yes. most people don't care, they just don't, they just want to make money, uh, and, and you do as well, but you want to do it in the right way and take care yes. of people, so. Yeah. Um, so Peely, you just had your third child, six <laughs> weeks old. You, you know, I, I, I hear that. I hear what you said earlier about family. You've put your family first, and then you know your husband's taken on some things to kind of give you some breathing room. Yeah. But just hearing you in the last what forty minutes, you know your stuff, and you know what you're talking about, and you have a passion around this stuff. So, yes, how that. do you, how do you like? put all that together how do you make all that work for yourself so clearly you're you're your mom first right which you yes. just which you said but you have these ambitions you have this pull to also be involved it's a family business you you're passionate about it you wouldn't even be on this podcast if yeah. you weren't I mean you'd be you know what in bonbons watching reruns of Ellen but you're here with us so what do you what? I don't <laughs> <know>. watching <laughs> Ellen eating bonbons I don't know what I'm saying but <laughs> but the point though is for you like what how do you keep it all moving along and, and keeping sane in the process? What, what, what for you do you do to That's, keep yourself kind of centered? Because I, you know, as a mom, you know, God, every day I'm not, I, I'm off center at, at times, but so I'm curious, what do you do? Like, what do you do to keep yourself, especially with a six week old <laughs> and growing multiple businesses? Like, what do you do to keep it all moving along?
2: So again, honestly, I want to say I don't know. <laughs> I mean,
1: but you do sometimes know sometimes you're a sharp cookie. We, we know, know that.
2: Sometimes I feel like I'm going insane, especially I'm, <laughs> I'm running on like three hours of sleep right now because of because of uh, my uh, newborn. Although he usually sleeps longer than that, I was I was lucky. I was lucky when I when I gave birth to this little one. <laughs> um, how do I keep it together? So, and I got this from my business coach really assess like how much time you have as like a mother as like a business person. So I knew with my newborn, I had three hours a day, like in between feedings in between, like I'm breastfeeding him. So he's with me all the time
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, in between feedings in between taking care of him, taking care of our home. Oh, and ladies out there, if you haven't get a housekeeper, if you can afford a housekeeper, can do you, it. Can you please repeat that
1: to Liz? Pipe down, Jessa. Do it. Throwing you on the Once, under the bus. Under the bus, over the bus. Once a week,
2: you know, it, it'll again, like it'll lighten your load so much. Just to have somebody to fold the clothes, clean the toilets, things things that you sh- you shouldn't be doing because those are jobs that are like. That's a $12 an hour job. You're worth more than that. So if you can afford it, I'm not saying, you know, you just got into real estate and Peely said to go get a housekeeper. No, if you can afford it and you can put it in your budget and it makes sense, get a housekeeper. That said, I almost, I forgot what I was going. Okay, how do I keep it together? Sorry, pregnancy brain is still there. I don't think it goes away, ladies.
1: You're making a great point about how to keep your... How to know how much time you have to, yeah, d- to, yes. to give to each of your roles? So that's what yeah, you're so.
2: Right. So, I found that I have three hours of time a day to give to the business. And I let Jason know that I was like, I have three hours. What can I do with those three hours that will promote my business without me having to be away from my family or take away anything from my family? Um so I just know in my head I have 3 hours between like I said feedings and all that and I do what's most important and I schedule it accordingly. So I have I'm a big believer of the one thing. I have the one thing every day that I need to accomplish. As long as I accomplish that one thing, that means everything else should go in line. Once I have that one thing done, then I can go back I can go down the list of anything else that needs to be accomplished with the 3 hours that I have. Um, once the kiddos are home, my, my older two, they go to uh, daycare. Once they're home, I try and turn off my phone, turn off my computer. And it's all about them because they deserve mommy time. They deserve to have me in front of them and not concentrating on the business. Although I could be, cause there's always things that need to be done, but family first. So I really like kind of delineate what's happens when I'm huge on time blocking too. So when they come home at five o'clock, that's family time. I don't touch anything. Um, Jason might have to do something um, in the evening, but I make sure at least one of us is there with the kids taking care of them. That's sort of how I keep it together. Just, I have a Google calendar that has everything blocked out. I have my one thing and I put it down every morning, what is my one thing, I write it down. And if it doesn't get done, it becomes the one thing the next day. Um, And again, I give myself grace. I mean, you're going to be your harshest critic. And you usually are, I know I am. So if I'm getting down on myself, or if I'm angry, or if I'm, I'm not having a good day, it's because I'm choosing not to. Like, you can choose to be happy. You can choose. I mean, I know there's extreme circumstances where, you know, you can't just say you're going to be happy. But Mm -hmm. every day you can wake up with a great attitude and a great outlook on life, or you can wake up with a foul one. It's up to you. It's all up to you. It's all in your mind.
1: You're raising a great point about grace. And I was listening to uh, Oprah's... She has a book out where she interviews she took all her like favorite interviews of her um the Oprah Super Soul Sunday, you know, uh, series. And she the last when I was just listening to a couple of days ago, she was talking about grace, but she was using it interchangeably with gratitude. Yes. And 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 I think those two I I always thought of grace and then gratitude is almost like separate and like after hearing her talk about those two, ter- like those two concepts, they're really interchangeable. And I'm like, wow, if you have grace for your for yourself, you have gratitude for yourself, you know? And I was yeah. like, oh, you know, and you always, you know, those two terms, but to put them together to what you're saying, you'll be kind to yourself, you know? And so, I, think, I think that's important. Yeah. No, that's
2: very important. I'm glad you brought that up because every day next to my one thing, I have a journal. I used to keep like a full journal, but I'm never good with them. I have like these half used journals all over the place. I found that if I have it on my spreadsheet, I have one side of my spreadsheet has my one thing. The other side of my spreadsheet is what I'm grateful for in that day. And I pick three things that I'm grateful for. And just, I mean, ladies out there, if you wake up with like a great mindset, you know what you're going to do with the rest of your day and you wake up with an attitude of
1: gratitude. I mean, ugh. you're unstoppable. I can't
2: imagine having a bad day. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I love that. So so Peely, there's like probably 85 more questions, right, on Jess and I have for you. Yes. Uh but um but we will definitely have you back on. And I love that you're so local. So we'll, we'll have <laughs> to have you out, come come to our meetup group and everything yes, and get, get get more connected. Love to see I'll you from your projects. i have my
2: six-week-old strapped to me though.
1: That's okay. I have, my, I have my 18-month usually strapped to me too, although she's getting bigger. Um, so um, for, the, for the ladies listening, they want to learn more about all the cool things you're up to and all the awesome things you're up to. Where can they uh, connect with you?
2: Well, you can go to my podcast, which is the real estate investing pod, the real estate invest. Oh gosh. It's behind me. The real estate investing foundation podcast with Jason and Peeley. I do it with my husband. Sorry. I was having a brain fart right there. No the real estate investing foundation podcast. You can find us on iTunes. We're all over the place. Just look us up. Um, you can go to www com and you can find all sorts of information about me my husband what we're doing you can also find the podcast there um i think that's the best and if you can just go ahead and email me to appealie at com great and i'm usually good at getting back to anybody who wants to chat
3: awesome So all of this information is going to be on our show notes. So now we're going to turn into our fabulous three questions. Are you ready, Pilly?
2: I'm ready. All right. The first one is, what's the most transformational book you have ever read? Transformational book. Probably the, you know, every book I read is pretty transformational. Um, Jeez. It would have to be, uh, can I say three books or does it have to be one? go ahead. Okay, so the, first, the latest book that I read was Never Split the Dif- Difference by Come Chris Voss. On. Yeah, I was obsessed awesome with that. Book. Just
3: finished that. Awesome.
2: Awesome book on negotiating. Um, and then the two others that I read, like almost religiously yearly, is The One Thing by Gary Keller. Yes. And The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Three books that I could not live without. And if you haven't read them, read them because they're going to change your life, change your business.
3: Beautiful. The second question is, what's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life?
2: Um, I do something called create. And for some reason, I can't, I was just thinking about, I can't remember the, uh, the actual, what I do, but basically it is journaling and I, and I basically follow uh, Hal Elrod's Miracle Morning. I journal I do my one thing in the morning. I make sure I exercise a half an hour, even if it's not in the morning. I make sure I, I exercise a half an hour during the day, um, and that's basically how I meditate. I'm getting I'm getting back into meditation. They kind of, it kind of fell on the wayside, if I want to be honest. But I meditate, having that like clear headspace mm-hmm. and having that energy just for yourself. It I can tell the difference between the days that I meditate and the days that I don't. And since I've been getting back into it, I feel so much more energized. It's, it's just, it's a crazy thing. So journal, one thing, meditate and exercise. Beautiful. The last question is,
3: which woman famous or not has inspired you the most? Which woman famous or not?
2: Honestly, it's the women that are, are like, like the both of you you inspire me the women that are in my mastermind group they inspire me i talk to them regularly um it's the everyday woman it's it's you know i'm inspired by oprah but i'm honestly inspired by the everyday women that I meet on a regular basis, either it, whether they're on my podcast, whether I talk to them on Facebook, whether I have like, I had a conversation with a new investor last night and she was like, I don't know what to do. And just the fact that she's trying to do this business alone and starting now where the where the market's so saturated, I was like, I honor you and I honor your journey. And these are the steps that you're gonna have to take. Um, Really, just women inspire me in general. Nice.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's like the everyday women making it happen, you know, and balancing it all. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. So, um, Peely, thank you so much for being on our show. We just, uh, I really, really enjoyed our time together. Enjoyed all your your great like tips and just ways of thinking, and because it really comes back to mindset, right? I mean, there's strategy and and how to, but if your your head's not in it, you can't be effective in anything, let alone yes. this business. So, um, just love what you're up to. I love the. I gotta. We'd love to see this lift and flip yes. thing going on. Yes. So you gotta like have like a little like uh whatever. Yeah, right.
2: Works just so I can see it.
1: I mean that, and Justin and I will be there like in, a, in like a- I'll
2: have you guys over. We actually just put two more under contract okay. in each. So as soon as they're ready to go up, I'll invite you. It's actually sort of like, it's really slow going. <laughs> watching the home kind of get lifted. You wouldn't want to see it move too fast.
3: We'll see watching it until it goes up. It's really neat
2: though.
3: How far is from, where are
2: you exactly? Um, our office is in Garwood. We live in Westfield. Um, my in-laws live in South Jersey because it's a, it's a yes. family business. um, they live in brick and our yard is in Howell. So nice. we're sort of all over New Jersey. Great.
1: It's awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Peely. Thank
2: you. I'm so grateful to be on your show. Thank you. It was amazing. Thank you.